Hey, thanks for joining us for another message from the City Church. We're a local church in Mississauga, Ontario, gathering in community as we move closer to Jesus. We hope this message from our lead pastor, Brent Coulter, encourages you wherever you're joining us from today. Good morning, City Church family. I just want to reiterate uh, one of the things our team mentioned this morning, they did such a great job leading us in worship, is this idea that we are never alone. So important to remember that in this season, sometimes when we're doing stuff constantly in our house, by ourselves, parenting, living alone, whatever the case may be, we are never walking through any situation without God, that he is there carrying us. He is there holding our hand, leading us through. Aren't you thankful for that? Hey, I just want to make mention of something I was thinking about, you know, Julianne just mentioned there about hugging um, in our house and such a great idea. I was thinking at, at some point this year, you know, we're going to get a chance hopefully to be all together and I wanted to get a free hugs t-shirt. Not that my hugs cost anything previously, but for some of you, you know, I just feel like we're going to we're going to have like one of those big reunion hugs and we see each other, you know, running each other distance, burying our neck each, uh, heads in each other's necks and doing some sort of cry laugh situation and for some of you you're like I don't want to do that, Pastor Brent. I will side hug you but I really want to commit to hugging everybody in the church at some point in 2021. That's one of my goals, New Year's resolution, uh, just to be able to hug uh, you sometime this year. All right, a couple other things I just wanted to make mention of. Uh, the reason we are up here actually recording our services uh, for the last couple of weeks, and then also I think at least one or two more weeks, is that we're doing some renovations to our stage downstairs. Uh, we, some of the things that we, you know, we hadn't changed our stage for five years, and so we just wanted to take this time uh, where we could spend a little bit of time changing up our stage, and I know that you are going to love that. Our team has done a great job uh, doing that on the stage. It's fantastic. Also, I wanted to make mention, reiterate also about the marriage event coming up. Uh, February the 7th is going to be great. The Burnses are going to be joining us. Uh, my wife and I had had a chance over the last couple of years to get them, to get to know them, and they are a fantastic couple. We know that you're going to be home February 7th. Why not take a couple hours to invest into your marriage? Or if you're getting ready to get married, it's going to be a great event. It's only $20. Uh, you can register for that at the end of the service. Um, they will bring the link back up in the chat for you to register. You can register anytime before then on our website. Also, something pretty special tomorrow is my mom's 81st birthday tomorrow. So I know that she's probably watching right now. If you're watching this live, you can say happy birthday to her in the chat. 81, she is great right now. She's doing well. She, I called her the bionic woman since she has you know, her hip replacement, so she's doing well. You can say happy birthday to her in the chat. All right, let's pray before we get into the message today. Father God, we just love you today. We lean into your word this morning. We just thank you, Lord, for your grace upon us as we hear what you would be saying to us. We thank you, Lord, that by your spirit that you are reaching into our hearts, that you are showing us your word, that you are showing us your will for our lives. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, just a couple more encouragements as we start out this year. I want to set our sails in a good direction for 2021 
Uh, remember, get yourself a Bible reading plan of some description. They're all available on the Bible, uh, the Version app. You can see that. Set some time aside for prayer every day. Um, some fasting as we've been encouraging you to do. And so you don't just have to do these things in January, but we want to set these things as habits for us as we go through 2021. So we want to be intentionally consistent as disciples in 2021. All right, so the goal of this series that we have talked about this year, uh, the series is called Press On, and we want to uh, leave a mark on 2021 uh, with what God would have for us to do and accomplish this year. Week one, we, uh, the title was Lean In, and we want to lean into change, lean into the call of God, and then obviously lean into Jesus. The second we talked about press on to purpose, that our purpose, even though the world seems like it's on pause right now, that your purpose in God is not on pause. And then last week we talked about move to meaning, that your life is actually meaningful. When we lean into the will of God for our lives, God has meaning for our lives. Our lives actually mean something and are important. That's why we want to lean into the will of God in our lives. All right, let's uh, turn again this week to Philippians chapter 3 that we've been turning every week. Once again, if you're at home, grab yourself a paper Bible. Um, or if your Bible is on your device, grab a secondary device and let's uh, lean into the scripture this morning. Philippians chapter 3 verse 10 says this. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming his death. That by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own. Because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on. Everybody say, press on. Toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. I make it my own, that phrase there in verse 12. I press on to make it my own. The title of today's message is Run to Responsibility. This idea that God has done something for me, so what he has done for me, I make it my own. Um, each generation of us as the church and of Christ followers, we need to take on this responsibility of following Jesus. What does it mean to be responsible for following Jesus? And what does it mean to be responsible as the church to be uh, carrying the baton of following Jesus and to be organizing around the name of Jesus and to be gathering and, and worshiping the name of Jesus. You know, we need to crave responsibility in our lives because it's the only way we can grow. To have more and more responsibility put upon us is the only way for us to grow. Now, I remember um, when I was 18, I was transitioning into university, I was working downtown, and my mom decided that she was no longer going to be doing my laundry. Now, this was a pretty traumatic moment in my life that my mom took me down to uh, the washing machine and the dryer. Now, I knew that these items had existed in my house. I never really understood what was happening with them, but my mom knew that I, knew that I needed to grow up a little bit going to school, getting ready for Bible school in a couple years, and I needed to know how to do the laundry. Now, in this moment, I hated it. I hated the idea of doing laundry. I didn't care. 
You know, I just figured that the dirty clothes disappeared from my room and they showed back up clean. I didn't need to know how this happened, but my mom wanted to train me. She wanted to give me responsibility. Now, this is true of every stage of life. You know, when you're feeding your toddler, at some point you want to hand them the spoon. Why? That you're giving them the responsibility to feed themselves. It's the only way for us to grow. And so we want and we should crave the responsibility that God has for us right now in this season of our lives. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 says this, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Seek after the kingdom of God. Point one in this message is build the correct kingdom. As we run to responsibility, what we want to do is we want to build the correct kingdom. Now, we live in three kingdoms, as I would describe it for this message, that there is the kingdom of God, there is the prevailing culture around us, that's another kingdom, and then there's the kingdom of our mind, the kingdom of our thoughts. And the question for every generation of Christ followers, are we going to lean the kingdom of our mind in to the kingdom of God? Or are we just going to be taken by the kingdom of the culture? Now, every culture, every uh, culture that everybody is living in somewhere in the world today or in the past as Christ followers, there is a a prevailing culture uh, in the world. These things are going to be coming at our mind. And then always the kingdom of God, his ways, his thoughts, his will for us is also there. So the question is, the kingdom of our mind, where will we submit it? Will we submit it to the prevailing kingdom that's surrounding us, smothering us? Or will we lean into the kingdom of God and find out what the kingdom of God is all about? Because Jesus came preaching the kingdom. This is what his message was. Hey, I'm, I'm going to talk to you about the gospel of the kingdom. The kingdom of God is God's way of doing things. So we have the kingdom of God. We have the kingdom of this world, the culture. And then the kingdom of my mind. Will I make God the king of my kingdom? Will I yield to him? This is what Jesus said for us to do, that we would seek first the kingdom of God. And then it says all these things, all these necessary things for our lives will be added to us when we seek after the kingdom of God. Matthew chapter 16, verse 15. Jesus was talking to his his disciples and he's going to talk to them about the church. But he was asking, you know, who do people say that I am? And then he finally asked them. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Asking his disciples. Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. See, every young person has to get to this place that we have borrowed faith from our parents for a certain length of time. But then we have to get to the place on our own where we are answering this question for ourselves. Peter answered, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. The building of the church will always be at odds with the prevailing culture because of whose we are. And what I'm taking responsibility for, that I want to run to this responsibility that Paul talked about. I want to make this my own. 
that Jesus has died and he suffered things and he did these things for me. I want to take responsibility for what he has put in our hands. What does he put in our hands? Hey, seek first after the kingdom of God. I'm building my church, Jesus says, and we get to get in on that. We get to be part of the church in 2021. We get to take on what God has put on us so that we can run those things out, that we can take the baton of being a follower of Jesus. And how important is that in the world that we live in right now? Point two of this message is dare to be a Daniel. Now, and for those of you that grew up in church, you know, there was a song that we would sing, Dare to be a Daniel. If you, if you remember the song, I'm not going to sing this song. Um, kind of a cheesy song, but it had a really good message. One of the songs that we would sing in church where I'd be like, I'm not sure if I want to stay in church if we're going to sing songs like this forever. Hey, but I made it through. Um, but we, th- this message in this song, Dare to be a Daniel, is that we're going to stand alone sometimes. And this is so important for us today as, once again, these three kingdoms that we're living in, the kingdom of God is being offered to us and the scriptures are teaching us about the kingdom of God and Jesus is all about the kingdom of God, the prevailing kingdom of the culture of our time and then the kingdom of my mind and my thoughts. And the, the story that we see in Daniel, in the book of Daniel, this is such, um, this idea that we're going to talk about today is going to be a great conversation for you in city groups. As we, as we walk through the story, it's such an important story. But as we, we know, Daniel was a prophet and he had prophecies, but the stories that we see over and over again um, in the book of Daniel, some you know, famous stories, we remember Daniel, Daniel in the lion's den. And then he had to stand alone in the middle of a situation where they said, okay, nobody can pray to anyone except Nebuchadnezzar, the king that you could sing that you could see, and Daniel's like, no, this is not my training. I I don't pray to earthly kings. I pray to the king of heaven, uh, the creator God. And so they, these leaders that didn't like Daniel, they set it up so that he would fail. And it's like, okay, you can't pray. And Daniel's like, no, I'm going to pray anyway. They threw him in the lion's den, but we know that God saved him from the mouth of the lions. The other famous story that we know is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that Nebuchadnezzar had built this big statue of himself so that everybody would worship, and they set it up so everybody had to worship at a specific time, and this is everybody had to fall down and worship. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were like, no, we're not going to do it. Stand alone, stand apart. And that's a little bit what it means as a Christ follower. There, there's things that we just can't engage in that the culture offers to, it, offers to us. That we have to yield our kingdom, or we should yield the kingdom of our mind to the kingdom of God. Now, the book of Daniel takes place during a time when the children of Israel uh, were living in Babylonian exile. Now, we know that Nebuchadnezzar, he was... the who was described in, in Daniel. He's actually Nebuchadnezzar II, and he was the ruler of the king of um, Babylon. Now, he's famous for destroying Jerusalem at a certain time, but 10 years before he had destroyed Jerusalem, uh, what had happened was they had gone to Jerusalem and they had taken captive a bunch of people um, from Israel. He took a, they took a bunch of young people uh, back to Babylon, kind of the educated group of people, uh, the young people, and, and he brought their families. And what he wanted to do, the plan was to fit them into the Babylonian empire. So they went to Israel and they took the best and the brightest and they brought them back, brought their 
um, families with them. And the goal was to make them spiritually, intellectually, and culturally Babylonian. And young people, I just want you to know that this is happening right now. The relevance of the book of Daniel is never more true than it is in this moment. That the children of Israel, that the ones that were living or should have been living under the kingdom of God in his ways and his thoughts, were brought captive to this other place. And what the goal was to change their minds so that they would just yield to the kingdom of the culture, the Babylonian ways of thinking. And this was their goal. And we know um, specifically that there was four young men, as we've already mentioned, that were, were trained in the Chaldean language, in Babylonian culture. And the idea was to retrain them, to use the best, best of them, the, you know, the geniuses or the intelligent ones, and to remove from them this idea of a monotheistic culture. In other words, there's just one God. Because in, in Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar was God, the God that you could see. Everybody had to worship him. And for Israel, God was the creator God, the God who created the heavens and the earth, the singular God. Within Babel, with Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar was king, but then there was a king of this and a king of this and the statues and all of these idols that they would create. And so these four young men, once again, as we know their names, Daniel, now Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that's actually their Babylonian names. Their uh, Jewish names were Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. So Daniel and these three other guys that we know as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that they had um, been exceptional back in Israel. And that's why uh, the leaders in, in Babylon had chose them to come to Babylon to try to retrain them. Now, the, the, Daniel's name means God is judge. Now, Daniel's Babylonian name was Belteshazzar, and that means Bel protects the king. So in other words, uh, Daniel's goal, or the goal that they gave Daniel as a Babylonian was to protect the king, or one of the gods of Babylon, he was going to protect the king. In other words, he was going to protect Nebuchadnezzar. But Daniel's Jewish name is God is judge. Two completely different purposes. We could see this is such an important thought for us right now. Two purposes are offered to us from the kingdom of the culture and then from the kingdom of God. So Babylon was a polytheistic culture. In other words, multiple gods, Nebuchadnezzar and then all of these other gods that they had created. But Israel, again, was a monotheistic culture. Now, what we can do now in this time is we can, you know, look at these stories and be like, you know, these ancients were so dumb. They worship all of these created gods and, you know, we're so smart and intelligent. In 2021, we would never do that. But the culture that we live in, 2021 in the West is a polytheistic culture. Let me tell you some of the names of our gods. Sex. Sex is one of the names of our gods in the culture. Now, sex is not a bad thing. God created sex. And it's a blessing to us within the context of marriage between a man and a woman. But one of the things that is worshipped in our culture and people are offered to define their lives by it is sex one of the gods in our culture. Consumerism is one of the gods in our culture. Politics is one of the gods, small g, in our culture. Technology 
is one of the gods, small g, in our culture. And then the culture itself, the prevailing culture of the time, these are all of the gods that we worship, that we have at the center of our lives, that we give all of our time and our attention and our resources to. So we are no different in so many different ways to the Babylonian culture. And in the middle of all of this, Daniel dared to be different. He dared to live for God in the middle of this Babylonian culture. And that is the call for us now in this season, in this time. And we'll see how Daniel did it here. In Daniel 1.8, it says this. But Daniel resolved that he would not defile himself with the king's food or with the wine that he drank. Therefore, he asked the chief of the eunuchs to allow him not to defile himself. And this is where we would get the Daniel fast that some of you are, are doing right now, just sort of vegetables and water. So that he didn't want to defile himself with the things that fed him from the king. And it's not just so much about the food that he ate and the wine that he was drinking, but it was what was given to him from the culture of the time. Daniel chapter 1, verse 20, and it says this, so, and in every matter of wisdom and an understanding about which the king inquired of them, he found them ten times better, talking about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Daniel. Better than all the magicians and enchanters that were in all his kingdom, and Daniel was there until the first year of King Cyrus. So Daniel rejected the Babylonian culture. And that he wanted to make God his source. But in the middle of doing that, he also was the person who was excelling most in the kingdom of Babylon. Yielding himself to God, but excelling in the Babylonian culture. And in every manner of wisdom and understanding, which the king inquired of him, he found them ten times better. About Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were 10 times better than ever. Now, they weren't more valuable, but how they were functioning in the culture and how they yielded themselves to the ways of God in this different culture, still yielding themselves to the kingdom of God. They were excelling in this culture, but they were rejecting the culture of Babylon, yielding themselves to the kingdom of God. See, it's uh, they're rejecting the ways of the world. Now, for a lot of Christians nowadays, you know, we, we want to reject the ways of the world, but we don't have to be jerks about it. Let me, let me say it like that, if I could say it gently. Uh, there's a lot of Christian jerks out there. Stop being one. And what I would say about that, it, it, what we see about Daniel and the rest of them, what were they? They actually worked their jobs 10 times better than everybody else. They weren't the ones sitting alone in the break room. I can't talk to anybody because I follow Jesus. You know, and I, I only do so much of my job and I can only do, no, but they were doing the best on their job. Scripture says in the New Testament that we work as unto the Lord. So we can excel in the kingdom of this world by yielding to the kingdom of God. See, there's two easy choices for Christians as it relates to the culture. First one is that we can just assimilate. We could just become the culture of the world around us. That we could just take everything that's coming our way through our devices and through TV and, and through the universities and, and just all of this ungodly ways of thinking and just sort of yield to all of it and just assimilate and just say, well, you know, it's just too hard to follow Jesus. It's too hard to be different right now. It's too hard to think different and to speak different according to the ways of God right now. And so 
We just assimilate. And we see this in the culture that we live in right now, especially young people that struggle. It's like, I don't know if I want to be different. I don't know if I want to say something different. I don't, you know, if, if I yield to the ways of God, it's going to go against what everybody thinks is true and good, and it's hard to stand alone. Daniel would agree with you, and this is something that we all are going to face, and so it's just easy to assimilate. Second thing that we see historically in the church is they just separate. We're just going to run to the mountains. We're going to separate ourselves from the world. We're not going to be affected by the world in any way, and we're going to wear clothes from 50 years ago and pretend that this is us being separate from the culture and, and just separate ourselves from the kingdom of this world and have no influence on it at all. So we can assimilate or we can separate, but then there's a third choice that we see in the book of Daniel, Daniel, and it is this, to embed ourselves in the culture, to engage yourself in the culture with the goal of having influence on it. And this is what we see Daniel did. He was there, he's you know, rejecting, rejecting the ways of Babylon, but in the middle of that, he's still 10 times better than everybody else at his job. And in doing so, he was affecting Babylon. He raised up in the ranks, and he had something to say, even though he wasn't taking in all of the ways of Babylon, and he was standing alone, standing apart, having influence on the culture around us. Now, in this time, there was two prophets back in Jerusalem who were sending their prophecies to the children of Israel who were in Babylonian exile. And there was two of them, Hananiah and Jeremiah. Now, you can read about this in um, Jeremiah 28 and 29. And Hananiah was a prophet, and he was prophesying, saying, you know, this exile is going to only last two years, and, you know, God is going to destroy Babylon. And, and, you know, Jeremiah was coming... um, to them and saying, you know, I, I, all of the prophets before us didn't seem to prophesy like this. And then Hananiah didn't like that Jeremiah was uh, resisting his prophecy, and he took Jeremiah's necklace and he broke it, and he said, you know, Babylon is going to be broken just like this necklace. And, uh, you know, Jeremiah kept on resisting. And really, at the end of Jeremiah 28, uh, Hananiah died. So in other words, his prophecies weren't any good. And what we see in Jeremiah 29 is the prophecy that Jeremiah is sending to the children of Israel in exile, in Babylonian bondage. And this is what he says. Jeremiah 29 verse 4 says, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles who I have, who I have sent from Jerusalem to Babylon. That's us. We are the exiles. We are the strangers living in a strange land. We are that group of people that's been taken from Israel to Babylon, to the culture that, st- that is surrounding us and can suffocate us so many times. We are this group. What does he say to us? Build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat their produce. Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage. Not sure if I'm ready for that yet. Another story, that they may bear sons and daughters, multiply there, and do not decrease. Verse 7, listen, but seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you. This is one of the reasons why we are called the city church. We can assimilate and have our voice go away, just have our voice just be the voice of the culture. We can separate and have no influence on the culture surrounding us. Or we can embed ourselves 
for the purpose of having influence. Seek the welfare of the city. And this is the purpose of following Jesus in 2021. Churches in cities around the world, what should we be doing? Should we be just trying to assimilate and just sound like everybody else and just, you know, oh, it's too hard to push against all of these ethics of the world and all these ways of the world, so we're just gonna sound like the world because we don't wanna be any different. Or are we just gonna separate? We're just gonna be so strange and so out there that nobody who doesn't follow Jesus can never actually listen to us. Now he wants us to seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf that we would pray for the city, for its welfare, for in its welfare, you will find your welfare. How the city is blessed, that we are gonna find our blessing in the middle of that. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, do not let your prophets and your diviners who are among you deceive you. And do not listen to the dreams that they dream, for it is a lie they are prophesying to you in my name. I did not send them, declares the Lord, talking about Hananiah. That God wants us to embed ourselves in the culture, not assimilate, not run for the hills, not be irrelevant, but yield ourselves, yield our kingdom to the ways of God. See, all of us, in a sense, have two names. Daniel is Daniel, and Belteshazzar was his name. So in other words, his name in Babylon was a certain thing, and he operated a certain way, but then he was also operating in the ways of the Jewish culture, the monotheistic culture that God is God, not all the rest of this stuff. See, we can engage the culture in different ways. And, you know, some of us can like sports and some of us can like Pinterest and some of us are aware of what's happening in the world around us. But all of what we do, so we are aware of those things so that we can bring the culture of the kingdom of God to those places. Not to be assimilated, not to be separate. What is the voice of God to the culture surrounding us because the world needs the voice of God. The world needs a third voice right now. The solutions of God are what's necessary in the culture surrounding us. Surrounding us. Are we gonna lean into that? Are we just gonna assimilate? Because it's too hard to be different. Are we gonna separate? Because it's too hard to push back. Or are we gonna yield to what God would have for us. Man, let's build the kingdom of God in the middle of the kingdoms of this world, that we would love God and we would love the city, that we would have our affection toward God, but then we would also love the, the people that live around us, that we would love the city that we are in. And what would we do? We would pray for its welfare, because in the welfare of the city, we are going to find our own welfare. How do we do this? Because this is really hard. This is really difficult. Last point is be excellent exiles. Exiles that they were there. And what were they doing? They were just 10 times better than everybody else at their job. That we would yield into the ways of God and find success in that. First Peter chapter 2, verse 11 says it so clearly. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh. Yield to the God, small g, of the culture around us. 
which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be the emperor as supreme or to governors as sent him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. For this is the will of God that by doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God, that we would run to that responsibility. The, the responsibility of being a servant of God right now, a follower of Jesus right now, a part of the church right now. This is what it sounds like. Verse 17, honor everyone. Love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the emperor. So, so many things that we would have to do to incorporate into our lives, not just assimilate, not just to sound and talk like everybody else, not be separate, not run for the hills, but to take the ways of God and to incorporate them into our lives. See, you and I have to wrestle with having our thoughts and our actions be biblically informed. That means at times our standards, our moral positions, our ethics will be at odds with the culture around us. But since we are called to build the kingdom of God, we must maintain those standards while simultaneously loving those we disagree with. We got to maintain the standards of the kingdom of God and in so doing love those around us who disagree with us. But don't assimilate. Don't give in to the ways of the culture. But I'm going to operate in the kingdom of God in this time and then I'm going to love those that disagree with us. I'm going to be like Daniel. I'm going to be like Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. Here's what you have to do. Here's who you have to worship. Here's what you have to say. No, but I still love you. We can, we can disagree. I, I think there's a higher standard that God wants us to live by. There's his kingdom ways that he wants us to lean in. We don't have to do all of the ways of the culture, but then we don't have to hate in response. We can love. There's a third option. There's a third way. It's the way of the kingdom of God. Man, honor God love people. See, God wants us to serve those people around us. He wants us to serve the city. And when we serve the city, we serve God. It's so important to love the family of God, to love the young people around us. See, this is so important. Do we see the strategy of the enemy? We're going to bring all of the young people to Babylon. We're going to retrain them. We're going to have them think like Babylonians. Young people, you have to know that this is happening to you every day, all of the time, and the device that you hold in your hand, your mind is being offered something else. God is also offering something else to you. It's going to take some courage on your part to stand alone, to be different. Parents, adults, we have to care about the young people in our lives because this is happening to them right now. We're going to stand different. Our morals and our ethics are going to be different. But then we're going to love those people that we disagree with. I want to be building the kingdom.
kingdom of God. It is the only way that we will stand. And I want to run to that responsibility. Let's just pray today. God, we're so thankful for your goodness today. We're so thankful for your word. Lord, we take the responsibility of following you. And we take the responsibility of your church seriously in this moment. We want to be a voice for you in the culture. We want to engage in the culture. And like Daniel, sometimes it's going to require us to be separate, to stand alone. Just not say what everybody else is saying, not doing what everybody else is doing. God, we want to lean into your ways. And we could see, Lord, this has been happening for thousands of years. And we know it's happening now. God, so we want to take the kingdom of our mind and the kingdom of our heart, and we want to yield it to your kingdom ways. We thank you, Lord, that you are helping us to do that in this moment, in this time. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, if you are watching today, the best way to be in God's kingdom, God offers us a relationship with himself. The good news, the gospel is all about Jesus, that he came and he lived a sinless life. He died on the cross. God raised him from the dead so that we could actually have a relationship with God for ourselves. We don't have a relationship with God by trying to be really religious and creating some sort of religion and offering that to God. We don't have a relationship with God by pretending that we're perfectly moral because we aren't. But what God has done for us is that he has made a way for us, that God has come down off of the mountain in Jesus. And he offers us a relationship with himself because of what Jesus has done. And all we have to do is say yes. So if you have never said yes this morning to making Jesus the Lord of your life, I'm going to pray a prayer here in a second. I invite you to pray along with me. Hey, this is just a starting point in your relationship with God. All of us are on a journey of faith. Let's pray this prayer together. So wherever you are, just bow your head and close your eyes. God, today we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that he made a way for us to know you. Because he lived a sinless life. He died on the cross and you raised him from the dead. Today I say yes to that relationship. Jesus, I call you my Lord. God, I call you my Father. I thank you for salvation today. God, I purpose to follow after you and turn from my own ways. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen in. Be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for other messages. For more content from The City Church or to connect with us, Visit us at thecitychurch.ca or find us on Facebook or Instagram at CityChurchGTA. Thanks again for joining us.